When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Tottenstown. Welcome back to the Titans Time Podcast, your Tennessee Titans podcast for the Pigskin Podcast Network. My name is Tanner Staggs, and I am here, as always, with my brother Tyler Staggs. As always. Okay, don't. I mean, that's just the way that <laughs> no, I do my intro. Look, I, I got to say, welcome back. Glad to have you back on here. Glad to be back. Wish, Not under these circumstances, but I'm say, glad to be back. Wish it was better circumstances and a like Titans win, but, you know, it. it, it is what it is. So... Uh, how are you doing on this uh, Titans loss day I, I, uh, game season opener? Um, <laughs> before we get into everything and uh, how the game went, Titans versus Cardinals, week one, the season opener, home opener for the Titans. Um, let's go ahead and plug everything. I'll let you get started with that. Guys, if you want to check out our merch, our shirts, hats, uh, phone cases, stickers, all of that good stuff, all you have to do is go to titans Time dot my shopify that's s-h-o-p-i-f-y dot com slash collections if you're listening to the audio pod make sure you go if it's on apple podcast spotify whatever either follow subscribe whatever it is rate us five stars leave us some comments some questions on there we love the interaction if you're watching on youtube go down if that subscri- if that subscribe button is red hit it turn it gray Turn on the post notifications. Make sure, drop a like on the video. That like is going to, let's say that like, for each person that likes the video, that's going to help the Titans' chances of coming back even stronger next week against the Seahawks. Share the video with your family and friends, and go down, leave us some comments, give us your thoughts on the game. Also, make sure that you're following us on social media, the ones that we're most active on. Twitter is Titans underscore time. Facebook is Titans Time, and on Instagram, it is Titans Time Podcast. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about this game, Titans home opener um, against the Arizona Cardinals, which coming in uh, out of this stretch of the first two games, I did not think it was going to be the toughest one. Obviously, the Cardinals had a different opinion. Um, They seem like a really good team, and we're going to talk about that more later, but... um, I believe I'm I'm kind of okay. So yeah, the final score thirty eight to thirteen. Um, I was forgetting the missed extra point there, and for some reason was thinking fourteen for a second. But thirty eight to four or thirteen, sorry. Um, and it was just honestly an ugly game all around. 
lots of stuff to unpack with the Tennessee Titans, um, offensively, defensively, on special teams, um, and then a lot to unpack, honestly, with the Cardinals as well because they look really good. They were a team who I thought our receivers could take advantage of their secondary, and that did not happen. Their, which, granted, that is because of their pressure up front and – I have to say, our half-ass offensive line this game. It, it mean, was not a great performance for the offensive line. Um, as you can tell, my voice is like getting pretty close to shot right now because I was yelling a lot and I was not happy with our offensive line. I mean, I, so they had their problems in the run game as well, but it, it really speaks for itself that they gave up six sacks. And the fact that five, you, five of them to Chandler Jones. I was just about to make the point the fact that you give up five of those sacks to one player on the opposing team just shows not only were the offensive line just wasn't executing its job, but what were the offensive line coaches doing or the offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, what were they doing to ensure that Chandler Jones was not getting into the backfield? Because it didn't seem like it was a whole lot. Even if he didn't get back there and get a sack, he had pressure on Tannehill. Exactly. I he, mean, and it didn't matter if he was going against Lawan, if he done a move in to Saffold and Ben Jones, or if Kendall Lamb was out there. It didn't matter who was out there. He was having his way today with the Tennessee Titans. And I seen someone say this on Twitter. Can't remember who it was, but it it did make me. I I don't want to say chuckle a little bit, but kind of you know, raise your eyebrows like, you know, that's a that's a good point because they were like when Chandler Jones breaks the sack record for a season this year, he needs to go back and thank the Titans for giving him five in week one. Absolutely. I was I mean, honestly, either the Titans offensive line was just incredibly bad or Chandler Jones this season is about to have one of the best defensive performances for a full season that we have ever seen. Because right. and, if that is the way that he plays every single game, and it, that was not just a product of the Titans' offensive line not having their shit together, not being ready, that is bad bad news for whoever well, he plays and against. Credit to him on his film study, because I believe that he was the one who, in the first quarter, hit Tannehill on the play action, caused the fumble where the Cardinals got it at the one-yard line. Because that just shows the film study that he went back and done from last year because this is a play action that the Titans love doing. They ran they, that, That's a play that they ran all the time it, last exact, season. And it looks was, like it's going to be pretty... It, it was like always I mean, open because Tannehill could roll out. He had time because everyone committed to Henry. Chandler Jones said, no, I'm not doing that this time. I'm making a beeline straight for Tannehill. And when Tannehill turned around... Chandler Jones was right there, right and there. there was nothing he could do about it. I mean, it, it seems like that play-action play is going to be something that is going to be used a lot again this year if they don't say, well, if it turns out that way, we're going to go away from it. I mean, right. And really, it wasn't just Chandler Jones. You had J.J. Watt, even though like he didn't have – sacks or anything like that or a lot of sacks I don't, I can't I don't know if he had I can't remember who one. got the other sack but either way he was still getting in the backfield and putting pressure on Tannehill he was getting back there and being able to trip Derrick Henry up in the backfield it was just 
all around a very rough day for the Titans. A rough day offensively uh, because the offensive line had trouble getting it together, which really was just a ripple effect to the rest of the offense. And, and then you had drops by Swain, Julio. And, and Julio's another guy that we're going to have to talk about at some point during the show, I'm assuming here soon, um, because he did not come out and play a great game. Uh, the defense had their struggles. Um, I don't know where you want to go with this, but I, I don't I, know if we I, can hound on the offensive line anymore. Or, or it's, it, Honestly, there's a lot of questions to be answered and a lot of things that we are just not going to know how they're going to play out until we see this team start to get some practices in with the starters actually practicing because that's something that has to happen. And then iron these things out over the course of a couple of games. Right. And here's where I want to go with this. First off, I'm going to touch on the defense. Did the defense play their best game today? No. You had Kevin Byard who got beat a couple times. You had Jack Rabbit who on a couple of plays against DeAndre Hopkins just lost his footing and fell and DeAndre Hopkins is standing there wide open for big gains. Don't know what was going on there. And you have Elijah Molden who got beat on you know, they were just impressed man coverage, and he got beat off the line for an easy touchdown. But that being said, I, the, the defense is not what lost us this game, I do not feel like, because the defense had a tall order of our offense not performing up to what we expected from them, and every time they turned around, they were having to get right back out there on the field. And it was a hot one today in Nashville. <laughs> so you, you could you might I mean, not be able I, to tell on camera, but <laughs> you got a little bit of a uh, lobster someone going on. Yeah, um, I'm so I agree with you. The defense is not what lost the game completely. I am gonna my opinion does differ from yours a little bit because I do believe that there were although that they had to get on the field probably a lot more often and with a lot less time in between than normal. Um. I just feel like there were a lot of situations where, A, players just didn't make plays. B, the play calling was bad. I thought Jack Rabbit was, I mean, this might be an unpopular opinion. I don't know. I haven't seen a whole lot on Twitter about it. I thought Jack Rabbit was awful. And I hope that he can get better because right now, other than Christian Fulton, I don't see another guy that can potentially step in there and be that person that is guarding the other team's number one wide receiver. Jack Rabbit can't do it. I hope someone else, I hope Christian Fulton or someone else can step up and do that. But today, DeAndre Hopkins was showing why he is probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. Well, I want to say this, because me and you were texting back and forth on this a little bit, and I did agree that Jack Rabbit was having problems with Julio. but With, with let, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I, it's there's the just, sun poisoning. No, there's just so many bad things from today that it all runs together. Sorry, he was having troubles with DeAndre Hopkins, and I. the The only thing we can hope for is that this was just a bad game for him, and that he can step up and be going against these number one guys again. The Cardinals' first play of the game. I was watching. Of course, I'm trying to watch everything that's going on on the field. And I look over, and I see DeAndre Hopkins wide open and Jackrabbit laying down having to get up off the ground. So And I'm, a huge gain for DeAndre yeah. Hopkins, which so, honestly sort of set the tone there for the honestly the first couple of drives of the game 
Because, I mean, right off the bat, just boom, the Cardinals have this huge gain, and they're already a majority of the ways down the field right, right. after the Tennessee Titans go three and out. So that was huge. Right. So whenever he falls down, I mean, there's not much that can be done there because, like I said, DeAndre Hopkins is standing there wide open for a big game. And then later on in the game, luckily this was a shorter route, but Jack Rabbit was playing off of DeAndre Hopkins, and he's going back, Hopkins – turns it's like a curl route and jackrabbit goes to plant he falls again and luckily this time like i said deandre hopkins is in front of him not behind him so he's able to get up and stop him but that's the thing that got me is he just i'm thinking this may have just been a bad game for him and that he can rebound from it and I really hope so because I had high hopes for the – and I still do, honestly. I think this is one thing that we need to say before we get too far into the show because we are going to be pointing out a lot of negative things, honestly. Right. I mean, you have to after a game like this. There, and, there are things that have to be addressed and have to be worked on. And unfortunately, we, we kind of had the Brown syndrome from a couple years ago. We had all of this hype just like they did. They brought Odell in. Oh, they they get on this hype train. And us as Titans fans, I mean, we did that. Because we, Absolutely. Ke- we kept asking, Julio come here. Who is going to stop this three-headed monster of Julio, AJ, and Henry? Especially when you have Tannehill slinging the ball to AJ and Julio. Like, defenses have to pick their poison. How do you stop these guys? And, I mean, I put out a tweet about it. I sent it to you. We have our answer on how you stop these guys. Our offensive line not holding up so Tannehill has protection. Yeah, and... And, and it just... It's a reality check. I mean... Absolutely. I, there's players that have said it before. Going when you're in the off season or ramping up towards the regular season, everyone in their head is a Super Bowl champion. That exactly. Year. I mean, that that's the goal. That's where you want to get to. So then you have games like this that are just humbling games. I mean, season opener at home, and you get smacked like they got smacked. What we really need to watch for is how this team rebounds because they can easily, with how their their schedule starts out, end up in a very bad place. So they have to come out and rebound and get a win next week in Seattle or – Worst case, if they lose that game, they definitely have to beat the Colts in week three. One little bright spot I want to point out. The Seahawks did us a favor this week. They actually beat the Colts. Yes. So the Colts don't get that one up. And unfortunately, the Houston garbage Texans are leading the AFC South right now at 1-0. But... You know, but you, honestly, I'm happy about that. You had them and the Jaguars facing off exactly. against each other. So it was going to be one of those teams leading the AFC South after the Titans and Colts lost. And I'm not too worried about that because the Texans, they're not going to win this division. No, in the long run, the Tennessee Titans or the Indianapolis Colts, one of those two teams, is definitely, well, hopefully both teams, not just because of – if the Houston Texans have a better record than either one of those teams, I'm going to question what I know about <laughs> and, everything. And here's another thing. It's not like the Colts' schedule is any easier than the Titans to start out. They opened up with Seattle. 
Next week they have the Rams. Which is going to be a tough game. And then they come to Tennessee. So, I mean, you're looking at these two teams that are supposed to be at the top of the AFC South, and we could potentially see both of them coming into their game in week three at 0-2. Well, you talked about rebounding just a second ago, and honestly, if the Titans don't have a great game plan turning this thing around and can't rebound well, they could easily be 2-6 and six after week 8, which would be a terrible position to be in. Sounds terrible. I don't want any part of it. So it, now it's, it's a long season, but if the Titans don't fit, fix some things that are going on, it's going to be an even longer season. Absolutely. So on defense, there were problems with the secondary. There were problems keeping Kyler Murray contained, which don't oh get me wrong, <laughs> is a, that's a hard task. That's it is hard to handle. And I want to throw out this stat right quick because I was curious about it. So Kyler Murray only had 20 rush yards. But I guarantee you he ran probably for over 200 yards scrambling around on third downs to eventually find someone down the field. And I, I just want to make mention of the fact that the play um, after the – so after they got the fumble, got on the goal line – and then they ended up having some penalties, which brought them back a little bit. And then it's third and goal, I believe. And Kyler Murray, uh, I, I can't remember. If, well, it doesn't matter if he was in shotgun, whatever. Anyways, he takes the snap. He ends up rolling out to the right. Mm. Uh, you obviously were at the stadium. On TV, one of the announcers, can't remember who it was, says, this is where Kyler does some of his best work. <laughs> and um, it was more like this is where Kyler finds number 10 and he does some of his best work because he just puts it up where literally nobody else can get it. It honestly, 100%, I thought DeAndre Hopkins was out of bounds. And then it shows the replay, and this guy's nowhere near being out of bounds. Well, it's so crazy because when you're there, like from where we're sitting at, close to the Titans tunnel, we're on up a little bit, and you can't exactly see like the line at the back of the end zone right there. Because just people standing up and some stuff blocking it. So, I seen DeAndre Hopkins coming open at the back of the end zone, running, and Jackrabbit trying to keep up with him. And as soon as I seen that, I was like, oh no. Like, please, somehow, please do not let Kyler Murray see this. He saw it, like you said, put it up to DeAndre. And from where we were at with everyone standing up, we were hoping that somehow Jackrabbit had pushed him out of bounds. But he just, after he skied up for it and caught it, he basically just let his legs go dead. They tapped in. And it, like you said, he was just doing what he does. Yeah, and I mean, he's just such a great wide receiver. Honestly, I thought when he was traded away from the Houston Texans that we weren't going to be tortured by DeAndre Hopkins anymore. Even with J.J. Watt being traded away from the team. And J.J. Watt as well, which he – I mean, he wreaked a lot of havoc. It doesn't show up, up on the stat sheet. Right. He had a lot of – he did a lot of things that altered what the what the Titans were trying to do. Um, and speaking of altering what you're trying to do, we're I'm going to hit on that here in just a second. But last thing for me on the defense is – I don't know exactly what all of the issue is. Don't know if they just need to – because there's a lot of new faces. I don't know if they need to get used to working together. 
or if there's something still going on with, with the play calling. I mean, things seem to be different as far as how they're playing and the the plays that they're calling. They seem to try to be trying to be more physical. They're on the wide receivers a little bit harder. It, I don't know if they just need some time or if there are some real problems there. Here's what I'm going to say on it, and this is just my takeaway. Go down, you know, go to the comments and let us know what you think on this. But for me personally, sitting there watching this, I think if they were to be going against a quarterback that did not have the scrambling ability of Kyler Murray, the defense would have been doing a lot better because Kyler was scrambling around on these third downs and even some earlier downs and just buying time for his receivers. And even though we were getting guys right there around Kyler, they couldn't get his ha- they couldn't get their hands on him. I mean, he was just so quick and he's so small, he's hard to get a hold of. And that allowed him to buy time. It's hard for the secondary to cover that long. So someone comes open, he's able to find them. And that's what I'm talking about. If you have a quarterback that is a pocket quarterback, he doesn't have that scrambling around ability and just basically the playmaking ability to where he can just extend plays like that, I believe the Titans would have had you know, a lot of sacks today if they were facing someone like that. Unfortunately, we're going to be going against a couple more quarterbacks that can do that same thing. I was going to say, um, I mean, that honestly the biggest question for the Titans defense right now, because I think you made a great point, is how can they get better against scrambling quarterbacks or quarterbacks that have the ability to extend plays with their feet because you have Russell Wilson in week two. And then past that, I don't necessarily know when the next game would be that they are are playing someone. I mean, I know that they have the bills with Josh Allen. He's he can run under, he can get- underrated, but he can run and extend plays. And then honestly, just going through the AFC in the playoffs, I mean, you have Lamar Jackson, you have Patrick Mahomes, who – Again, is not the fastest, but they, they the play, AFC Championship. I they, mean, he they, had the halftime deal where nobody well, could bring him down. Even going back to the Super Bowl, when you have the Buccaneers defensive line chasing him around, he's they had a hard time grabbing right, him. But you face Josh Allen and then Patrick Mahomes right after that. Exactly, so it's guys that can extend plays. You know, the guys that I'm talking about would be more like Big Ben or you know Tom Brady, guys like that who. Right. You know, they're not going to kill you with their legs and scramble around. And the Titans defense done what I said they needed to do in the uh, game preview, which is they didn't let Kyler run north and south on them. I said that you need to keep him moving sideline to sideline. But then the secondary just eventually broke down. Right. But you still have to be able to get to him. Like when you start running him sideline to sideline, you need to get him running to the sideline where he's running out of bounds, right. not letting him circle back around and just kill you. But touching on the defense, uh, just a, a little bright spot for me, just because after last year, you're, you're bragging rights over me for bold predictions. Okay. My bold prediction for this game was that the Titans defense would hold Kyler Murray to under 30 rushing yards and that they would hold DeAndre Hopkins under 100 receiving yards. Granted, DeAndre Hopkins could have had a much bigger day than what he had. Absolutely. But 
Kyler Murray finished with 20 rushing yards, and DeAndre Hopkins finished with 83 receiving yards. So I am now up one nothing on you in bold predictions. I'm going to – Granted, I wish that would have happened with a Titans win. Exactly. But, and just know that I will end up catching back up to you before uh, no, the season is no, over. No, no. Um, so, I mean, with the defense, basically the biggest questions are what's going to happen in the secondary? How is that pecking order going to eventually pan out? And are there going to be some guys that step up? But right now, I mean, we have to go, I feel like, with the guys that we had out there. Right. Because I don't feel like Caleb Varley is ready to play yet and come into that role. I think he needs a little bit longer to develop, get slowly worked back into the game. I mean, he hasn't played since, really since 2019. Right. So we have to roll with what we got. And it may just take the team a week or two to get going. Like, the Cardinals came out looking like they were ready to play. The Titans now, did not. I don't know how their practice situation was before the season, um, especially in late preseason, but I do know how the Titans was, and I know how it worked. Um, do you expect that we see some of the starters more involved in practice now? Well, here's what I'm going to say. This past week was the week where we saw the starters really all getting back out there yeah, together. Yeah, one week? I mean, right, is that that's, enough? That's what I'm talking about. We... At first, like a month ago, we kind of downgraded and told people not to worry about Julio not being out there. You know, he's a professional. Him and Ryan Tannehill will get it figured out. What we did not think about was at the point that Julio would be getting back, Ryan Tannehill going on the sickness-slash-reserve list and being out of practice for 10 or so days. So then he finally gets to come back, and they only have this one week to work everything out. And you can kind of see that. And all honesty, I, I would have to go back and watch the game. But from what I was seeing today, I think our two best offensive linemen today were the two that didn't get to come back to practice until the middle of the week because they were on the sickness-slash-reserve list in Ben Jones and Nate Davis. Yeah, Again. and he, and even uh, Nate Davis had a couple of moments where, I mean, I can't remember exactly who it was, if it was Watt or Jones, but they just got right through the line, and it was Nate right. Davis. And see, that was something I was hoping you could elaborate on more because, like I said, I'm sitting down at the corner of the end zone, so I can't always see, especially if they're down at the other side of the field, what's going on. So I was hoping from you watching on TV, you could – Tell me if I was kind of right in my thinking there because it seemed like every time Chandler Jones was really uh, wreaking havoc, he was coming from Taylor Lewan's side. Yeah, and so basically Chandler Jones did a lot of damage to Taylor Lewan. I mean, he – Taylor Lewan even – I'm sure that you've seen it. He It was enough that he tweeted about it, which I don't – I actually have not seen it. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was like – Basically, he he gave props to Chandler Jones, and then he was like, you know, thanks for exposing me. I know that I have to be better. Whatever, I don't know. In my opinion, I don't care if he tweets or not. I know some people were kind of upset, and they were like, stay off of Twitter until your gameplay is better. I don't care what he does as long as he ends up putting in the work and doesn't right. let something I, like that happen I, again. As long as he improves, do 
you know, do your thing. Yeah, whatever. So, in conclusion, I mean, the offensive line just collectively was not good. And that was apparent. Um, Lawan was, was bad, which was really unexpected. But, you know, he's got a lot of, of you know, getting used to things again to, to do. I mean, right. that sentence didn't really flow well out of – that didn't sound right. He's, <laughs> he's I, got to get back I, used I, to things. I, I get what you're saying because he's coming back from an ACL injury, really right. his first major – injury right and he had to have you know the first thing he had to have surgery for so but he was out there some in the preseason and he looked pretty good which granted it was preseason it it was but you would think that for a guy that's been in the league as long as he had like he would just be able to hop right back in another thing Chandler Jones is a tough matchup to to come back to your first regular season game on right so that makes it a little bit tougher, but collectively, offensive line but, was bad. I mean, um, I thought Ben Jones was pretty decent. That was the thing that, like, Lawan ended up coming out later in the game. Uh, they said it was for like cramps or something like that, and Lamb come in. I I cannot believe we let go of Dennis Kelly. Pretty much with that money brought in Lamb because he had like ten or twelve snaps, and out of those. I can't remember how many he allowed pressure on when it was a passing situation. And he also had two false starts. I I also feel like, is he not like mostly a right tackle, not used to playing left tackle? I thought that he was a left tackle that they were trying to move. I don't completely know. So I don't, I don't want to say something that's wrong. But regardless, you're right. Um, he did not look good. Um, one thing we can hope for is that Ray Dunes um, really comes on and starts to play really well. Um, he was inactive someday or today for some reason, right? Uh, so I mean, I mean, pretty much, there's just a lot to be improved on there for them. And but then, we've kind of harped on the O line. Yeah, I want to move to I some mean, other things we, on the offense. We have made our point of we are not happy with the <laughs> offensive line. They need to get their shit together. So, so I want to move on to other things offensively because. One thing that I sort of noticed was obviously the Tennessee Titans, um, they hired from within, which meant they're kind of going to be running a very similar offense. And they did. And their offense is sometimes very, very good. When teams figure out your offense and they are able to – now, granted, sometimes a team may be able to stop your offense one week and then you play them again down the road and they can't stop it. But on a, you have to have a plan for when you, what you're doing is not working. Okay, right. you have to have a plan for when you can't run play action plays because your offensive line can't hold blocks long enough. You have to have a plan going into that to say, hey, we got this little set right here that we can start to run if we need to start making quick passes because our offensive line can't hold a block to save their life. You kind of have to wonder a little bit, though, and this is just something I'm going to throw out there to you. Do you think that maybe they just kept going, especially later on in the game when they probably realized they weren't going to come back, instead of just trying to throw some stuff out there or change it up, they were like, it's a long season, this is the first game, just stick with what we're doing. 
I mean, that is possible. I just don't uh, see I mean, not, that. Not saying that it's the right call to make there. Right. I just don't see something like that being in the realm of what Mike Vrabel is. So I don't know. But, you know, I saw some things out there that said I, I, that Derrick Henry didn't look good at all. Um, now, granted, those comments were kind of few and far between. I mean, it's hard to look good when the offensive line is really not playing good. There were a couple plays where the offensive line really started stepping up, and Derrick Henry had some better holes to try and go through, and he started making the defense pay. There was one, oh, I jumped up. I thought he was gone. <laughs> I thought, I, he was I, thought, going. I thought he was going to. I didn't see. I couldn't see upfield like you probably could. But oh, I all, thought he was. All going. he had to do was beat that beat one. Beat that one guy, guy. and I, and, I assumed and that they, they weren't going to catch him. Yeah. Um, now another thing that we have to remember with Derrick Henry is this is an every season thing. He starts slow. It's the beginning of the season. Wait until what November? Wait till November ish, and then Derrick Henry is going to be the guy. I mean, he's going to have these games that. In the beginning, sometimes he may break 100 yards and have a touchdown or two, which is a great game. Um, there's going to be games here to start off the season where he's going to have 70, 60, maybe sprinkling a touchdown here and there. He will pick up the pace. That This is what he does. We have to get used to that. Yeah, and like I said, it was just there were a lot of times when he got handed the ball, there was already someone in the backfield that he was having to try and make them miss. Now, there were a couple times where he met someone one-on-one, and you can tell this guy is a lot smaller than him, and you're like, dude, come on now. You you can't do that. The team needs a spark. Use your size to your advantage and run this dude over and make something more of it. There were a couple times that happened. There was one time he met uh, Buda Baker. Buddha come up and went low and hit him, and Henry went down right after that. And I'm like, "Come on now, like." And, and I mean, so, and I'm just gonna say, there's really not a player on the team that I can look at and be like, "You, you did good this game." You know, you you kind of get a pat. No, all of them could have done more. And there was one point Henry had got frustrated enough. I can't remember which reporter it was that put it out. But they were like, Henry's gathered up either the whole offense or the offensive line, and he was getting after him on the sideline. Well, somebody that he certainly should have been calling out was Marvin Bagley, uh, um, <laughs> or more like Badley, because... Well, that, see, you, you can't let me have my line, because <laughs> I was going to say... such an easy one. I, I, know, I mean, I, when you but, said something out, when you said something about the, you were you had a line about the kicker, like, I didn't know it was going to be one that was that easy. Well, I mean, there was some foreshadowing in his name. How his last name starts off is bad, and that is exactly what he was today, <laughs> was bad. He, I mean, do you think that we see him, and I guess if something hasn't happened before our preview, it's something that we'll talk more about. No, we will not see him again. <laughs> he, he is gone because the He's Titans, probably off the roster right now. The Titans had already went when they had to move him up to the active roster. They went ahead and signed another kicker okay. to the practice squad. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name right now, but yeah, bad, Bagley, or Bagley, mm-hmm. bad, however you say, bad is gone. He's out of here. I, I mean, I, I was to the point at halftime – 
I said, don't even let him come back out. After just don't kick. <laughs> no, kickoffs, send Kern out there. Yeah, Kern can do like, that. Just do not bring him back out. Don't worry about going for field goals. Extra point, just go for two every time. Just don't. So, uh, overall, the performance was just bad all around. And, honestly, we can just hope that they really rebound and begin to get things together and that these practices coming up help them really form some more chemistry and that this is not going to be the story of the season because it's only week one. It's early. We've seen another good team today. The Green Bay Packers get absolutely blown out by Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints. So that just goes to show that you know it happens happens and it's okay to get blown out in week one and there is time to turn things around. One thing I want to say, by no means are we just trying to take up for the team or anything like that. Like we are admitting they have a lot to figure out this next week. They need to get some things fixed. And I mean, we've called out a couple of players and a couple of position groups were like, look, this is not going to cut it. You need to do better. And not that it, our opinion necessarily matters well, <laughs> to them, but, but anyway, they, they just need to rebound and show us that they are the team that we think they are, that we have thought that they are before this game. Exactly, because the Seattle Seahawks are no joke, and they're coming up next week, next Sunday, and it's not going to be in Nashville. It is going to be in Seattle. so Which, which that, is going to be tough. It's going to make it that much harder. And you can hear our thoughts on that game sometime later this week on our game preview podcast and video. So make sure that you're – Staying up to date with us, have the post notifications on, all that good stuff. Following us on social media so that you'll know when that comes out. And for a chance to be featured on that show, we're going to be sending out a tweet asking for your score predictions for the Seattle game and some bold predictions. We had some featured this past week. So if you see those, that tweet or Instagram post or Facebook post out there, comment on it and we might just feature it on the show. Absolutely. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thanks for watching. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up.